Mr. and Mrs. Stuzacek, and all the little Stuzaceks, and everybody involved in the Stuzacek costume factory. You're listening to the Scare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie scares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, and whilst I and my evil powers live on, we're going to host this podcast. With me, as always, film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate these movies using our unique system. Run-of-the-mill bad film? Yeah, we'll give it a dare. Double dare goes to the truly atrocious movies, but the reverse dare, the hallowed, hallowed, worldwide, respected, and renowned People's Choice Award winning. Yeah, that's where the people are in charge. Oh, sorry, capitalist dog. You don't like it when the people are in charge? Too bad. It's a People's Choice Award winner. And it's the reverse dare. It's for those despised movies that are actually, you know, pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're closing the book on our fourth annual Scare Daniel series with a review of the 1980s Canadian horror movie Skullduggery. We're also going to read some movie dares sent in by our listeners. But before we get started, Dan's going to tell you a little bit about the movie-themed cocktail that he made. Yes, this week's cocktail, of course, it is inspired by the film we're reviewing this week, Ota Richter's Skullduggery. Writer-director Ota Richter's Skullduggery, I should add. I like to base the cocktail off, you know, what is the movie giving me here? What does it inspire? What's actually in the movie? What's the content of the movie? There is a line in this movie where someone says to take a woman upstairs and give her some whiskey. So I figured let's make it a whiskey cocktail. Of course, Corky said it's Canadian, so let's put some maple syrup in there. And because it's the 80s and it's Canada, everyone is smoking cigarettes all of the time throughout the entire movie. So I thought let's make it kind of a smoky, scotchy, maple-y, old-fashioned kind of a drink. So I took some Johnny Walker Black. I took a little bit of Maker's Mark bourbon. We got maple syrup in there, Angostura bitters, Fee Brothers bitters, stirred it, strained it, smoked it with my cocktail gun, put a lemon twist and a cherry in there, and you have yourself the Skullduggery Cocktail. Corky, this cocktail is so seismic, it registers on the Richter scale, mm. the Ota Richter scale. Hey, that's not the and one so we're the, used to. That's what this drink is called. It's the Ota Richter scale. Uh, nice. You don't have it in your hand, but I do, and I can tell you, it's fine. I just uh, You serve it like an old-fashioned over a big rock. Pretty darn good. I was hoping because it was Canadian and everybody's smoking all the time, it was served with like a butt floating in it. Just like, <laughs> just like a dirty, just like a dive barriest drink you could ever have. Not quite. This one's pretty, pretty darn nice. Good balance in there between the smokiness, the savoriness, um, the scotchiness, the sweetness of it. So it's a, an old fashioned, but it's a little bit of a twist on an old fashioned. Nice. And of course, I'll put the recipe in the post for the show so you can make it at home. Corky, dares. Uh huh. I've said it before, you've said it before, 
I'm kind of sick of saying it over and over and over again, and yet no one seems to understand that the dares, we consume them and our bodies convert them into energy. We couldn't even get out of bed in the morning if not for these dares. These dares, they're feeding us all sorts of vitamins, there's uh, proteins in there, there's all sorts of nutrients and things that we need to live here on this earth. Have I consumed too many dares sometimes and felt a little (laughs) bloated? Sure. But... That doesn't mean I want no dares. That doesn't mean I want to go cold Oh, what? Turkey. Yeah. Going to starve to death now? Mm. Awful. You know who gets it, though? Julio. Julio hey. from the Contrarians. Julio's got a dare for us. What do you got, Julio? He's got in the cut. In the cut. Hey, you, get in that cut. Get into the cut. Hey. What's in the cut, you might ask? It's a Who's 2000- that character? Who's that Who's character? That? <laughs> That's just my new character who tells people to get in the cut. Get He's in really there. Ex- concerned with that cut. Why aren't you in the cut? We're all in the cut. Join us, Sarah the Cut. In the Cut, it's a 2003 film directed and co-written by Jane Campion. Of course, she uh, won the screenplay Oscar for The Piano. Stars Meg Ryan, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Jason Lee. It is one of only 21 films since 1999 to get an F grade from cinema score audiences. So uh, uh, automatically, I'm just, wow. uh, my, my interest is peaked. Uh, Julio, what do you got for us? He says, guys, I actually didn't hate this movie, but most people seem to, if they've even seen it. It was Mark Ruffalo's big swing toward making a Hollywood impression by having graphic sex with America's former sweetheart, Meg Ryan. It's a love story. It's an erotic thriller. It's a movie by artsy director Jane Campion, and it features a delightful surprise cameo from an actor I won't spoil for you. I'd love to hear you talk about it, whether you think the movie's good or not. I believe I actually remember seeing it in the theater, Mm. Uh, when it came out, it was really, really trashed by cinema square audiences, obviously, but also by critics. Um, and I was not a big fan of it. It was just a little perplexing coming from, uh-huh. from Jane Campion and some of the movies she had made before. It was just seemed very atypical. It was a project, I believe, that was developed by Nicole Kidman for, for many years. And it seems a little more up her alley. Right. Um, but then she was going through the divorce with Tom Cruise. And so Meg Ryan stepped in, which it was just... An odd choice. An odd Sounds choice then cast. and seems even odder now. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Um, but over the years, its its reputation has improved a little bit. So I, I would definitely be willing to give it a shot, whether for the show or, or not, give it a second chance. But uh, yeah, that's in the cut. Thank you, uh, Julio, as always, yeah. bringing the heat. And check out Julio's podcast, The Contrarians. They, they kind of slay sacred tigers in this. They go after beloved movies and they give their, their differing opinions. Sacred tigers? <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. That's a concept that we have over on the McDonald household sacred tigers. When, when a movie is just so revered, it's called The Sacred Tiger because all movies come from India. I, I could go, I got charts I could show you. I'll send you a pamphlet. I would love to read that pamphlet. I would love to read that pamphlet. <laughs> Thank you, Julio, for the dare. Thank you, Julio. And send your dares to us, or else we'll starve and die. Is that what you want? Nobody wants that. Send them. And now a feature program. <laughs> Skullduggery. Dared to us by Mark Krawczyk back in April 2019. Why did Mark dare us, Skullduggery? He says... Back in 2019, he said this. I remember watching this film on beta as a kid. I was interested. (laughs) (laughs) I was interested because it involved a D&D type game and it was supposed to be horror. It is from that genre of D&D will take you to hell movies. I need to share this pain with someone. 
IMDb synopsis for Skullduggery. Five anxious players gather for a medieval board game where merciless warlocks battle for ultimate occult power. But something is playing, and it's no longer just a game. Some unspeakable evil is manipulating an unwitting player to play out a bloodletting orgy of unrelenting horror. That horror relents so much so much the, the horror if anything never starts Forget it lents it relents <laughs> yes this week's film is skullduggery mm-hmm. this is an old dare i love pulling out these these old dares i think we were actually planning to do this movie like uh, back a couple in, times i think uh scared annual 2019 but it wasn't available but it's available now widely available on uh, tubi directed co-written and co-produced by ota richter of ota richter scale cocktail fame stars mm. david calderizi and wendy Crusen. quirky when we do some of these kind of older obscure films it's sometimes hard to find uh information uh, about these movies um it's a little bit you know some of them you got a speed too just reams and reams of things but uh, something mm. like skullduggery Not very much. Here's what we know. The film is alternately known as Warlock and Blood Puzzle. And that's it. That's all I know. That's it. That's all I have on this. I'm deadly serious. I will say I think it's kind of funny that the previous Scare Daniel movie we did, Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, the concept is that it's a lost 1980s horror movie that only exists because it was captured on VHS by some bored teen uh, taping stuff off of cable. And here we have a movie that literally, like the print of this movie was so abysmal, it literally looks like it was captured on VHS. At one point, if you remember VCR days, you know the tracking lines? Yes. Where you get yes. visual static and it goes, <laughs> zzz, zzz. that happens. That yes. happens at one point. This really does seem like board, some bored teen copied it off of cable. I'm glad you brought the dude board party reference because I was also thinking this seems like a movie written by separate people who, who actually never communicated after writing their individual pieces. No, they never someone didn't come in and like make a script out of it. They're just <laughs> like, here you go, here's my piece I'm done. No entries on Metacritic or Box Office Mojo. There's one review on Rotten Tomatoes and it's negative. Tim Brayton of Antagony and Ecstasy wrote, quote, such an intellectual and artistic sinkhole, such a meandering dead-end slog that simply making it all the way to the end of its brutal 95 minutes feels like a real personal triumph. Corky. Yeah. I'm going to assume that you made it to the end of its brutal 95 minutes. Do you feel personal triumph? Do you feel fulfillment? Do you feel like... I've really accomplished something here, or did you feel that that was just a complete waste of uh, of your life? Well, part of the sacred tiger way of believing <laughs> is that I'm now a pacifist, so I'm glad you didn't bring up me fighting any of these critiques. Oh, wow. These people criti- yeah, exactly. I no longer you, will fight anybody. put that... Wow. Not even a film critic who disagrees with you. Even a film critic who disagrees with me in some imagined fisticuffs that is ironically punly related to their name. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Sacred Tiger has shown me the way. Uh, actually, Dan, yeah. I did not make it to the 95-minute mark. I tapped out at 93 hard. I was Whoa. like, fuck it. I don't need to Credits see. Credits are rolling. You don't know where the fil- who was who catered this movie. You have I no idea. Know. Yeah, if if Samuel L. Jackson came in at the end to try to get <laughs> you know the Skullduggery players together, I now don't you know. don't know where the Tesseract's going to be in the ne- Skullduggery too. <laughs> um, what what were we saying? No, this movie, this movie, this movie. I I wrote several times in my notes. What what? Yeah, it I is. don't. 
it, all at sorts no of what time did I know what was happening story-wise, but also visually. I couldn't mm-hmm. make out what mm-hmm. people were doing because it's dark and the, the, the copy is so fucking bad. Yeah. Like, the music notes try to tell you something, but also the music sounds like it's from the second season of Dobie Gillis. So, <laughs> you have no idea what is happening at any time in this movie. Yeah, I I will say I appreciated, as I often do, the sheer what the fuckness sure. of what the fuck was going on. But yeah, what the fuck. <laughs> the dumb comedy that comes out. There's oh. all these comedy bits. They are so aggravating. They're so bad. And there's no attempt to make this movie scary ever. Uh-uh. It's just weird. It's this whole, like, there's this whole game thing going on. And there's these, like references to other games that are happening there's this guy who like walks around with a tic-tac-toe game yeah being played on the back of his jacket and as the movie goes on x's and o's are going up on his jacket there's another guy who's putting a puzzle together throughout this movie but this film is a lot like tic-tac-toe in that it is an absolutely pointless (laughs) march towards a (laughs) non-conclusion it's utterly fucking pointless it's it's you get an idea that like okay the the line between reality and fantasy is blurring, but who cares? Like and, who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, it's like it's it's like a parody movie, mm. a comedy parody of a horror movie, but made by people who don't have any concept of comedy or of horror or of horror or yeah. of filmmaking <laughs> or of how adults behave in the world or of how much I would hate this fucking movie. <laughs> We're using the words comedy bits. The comedy bits are literally someone in a gorilla suit. Yeah. That's like, that's the laugh. Gorilla suits. Yep. Yeah. That's a human in that gorilla suit. <laughs> that's not normal. Heck of a movie. Heck of a movie. Hell of a movie. What, what was going on because in Canada? I mean, what? Canada, right? they make some really interesting choices in their bad movies. How did they get money for this? And did somebody put it together like, yep, that's the thing I'm going with. I'm putting my name to that. Yes. Beyond the Seventh Door is fucking yeah. magnificent Ambersons compared to this. Oh, seriously. Seriously. It's a real, it's impeccably crafted <laughs> yes. compared to this movie, which is just like, the movie almost seems to be ad-libbing at times. It's just so nonsensical. It just is like constantly like, here's a thing. Here's a thing. Here's a I, thing. I honestly, I think I'm through with my notes because I don't, I couldn't really take notes on <laughs> what I didn't know was happening. It's like, what am I supposed to take notes on? <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. Like all horror comedy movies of the 80s filmed in Canada, you, of course, start in the 14th century of Canterbury, England. Well, sure. Well, of course, you start with, and here's a ding, ding, ding for me, crazy music. This theme song that plays over the opening credits is the most insane thing. That's a catchy tune. It is like a 70s TV theme song mixed with like something out of a Dario Argento movie. (laughs) It's so all over the place. It has to be heard to be believed. It, 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 It fits no particular box. And they actually say skullduggery. Well, they say like skullduggery, skullduggery. Yeah. Uh, but the lyrics in it are things about reading people's minds. That starts, can you read what's in my mind? And then later it says, I can see what's in your head. I don't, okay. So All skullduggery right. means digging around in skulls. There you go. Why not? But yes, as you mentioned, of course, you start in Canterbury, England. 
1382. Just, you know, as you do. And Quirky, do. I, I'm no expert on Chaucer, but honestly, this might be my least favorite of all the Canterbury Tales. Sure. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Worse than the tale of the Melaby? Yes. Mm. Yes. Worse than the tale of the Melaby and worse than the Parsons Tale. <laughs> yeah. Stop going on that lib. Dan. That is one sacred tiger you do not want to slay. Don't go after Chaucer. Chauss heads are going to come out of the cut for you. You're going to tell them get into the cut. They're going to come out of the cut for you. Get in that cut, you. So, yes, here's our first absolutely inscrutable image, which is just like, what's happening? Is someone in some sort of a mask? Or some someone sidles in and says, the master will take over. Then the power will be in our hands. So already I'm just lost. Mm-hmm. Huh? What? Mm-hmm. But... It seems like we're in some sort of dungeon. There's a witch. She's brewing some sort of a spell. There's like a poisoned apple. This opening scene goes on forever. Long like, time. Finally, they're done. They hail their spirit of evil. The spirit of evil is a puppet that looks like Jeff Dunham should have his fucking fist up its ass. That's how bad this spirit of evil looks. It's just like <laughs> this little ventriloquist dummy kind of a thing. It's just <laughs> awful. This this opening scene where he the the I guess the court mage lays a curse on the king and, and his wife, it doesn't make any sense because no. he says, I have cursed your unborn son yes. and his lineage. And it will be revisited upon them, and their souls will be mine and the devil's, right? Then she dies. She dies. What son is going to come from that? What's happening there? Son was unborn. You just fucked yourself, pal. You laid <laughs> this great curse for you and the devil, and then you kill the person. <laughs> but yeah, there's an evil wizard. He stabs a bunch of people and then says, the power is now in these hands. Like, huh? What? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's cards. He gives. He says, apples. You must choose one of these apples. Why? I, I don't Gotta know. Got to do king, a 50. Yeah. Well, the king, king is not taking a resistance to Iocane powder. He uh, he was not ready for this. <laughs> so he eats one and dies. Yeah. But as he's dying, he gets stabbed. That's right. <laughs> he's like dying. They're like, ah, we stabbed him. Yeah. And then the evil wizard says, I claim the soul of your unborn child. Uh, and then says his incantation, which means, so the devil help me. And then she dies with her unborn. How did the unborn child get born? I don't know. It had to have. He cursed it. What's right? the rest of this fucking movie? He just lost his whole curse. He's like, wow, oh, I fucked up the curse. All right, I'll try it again. Anyway, now flash forward naturally to Trottleville, USA, 1982. We're 600 so Dan, years after the events of this. Answer me this. And, and, and you're, you, you study film. <laughs> after watching this movie, did that opening scene add in any way to what happens the rest of this movie? Was any of that necessary for the rest of this movie? I will say, uh, again, if you really want to like get in and figure this movie out, he has he starts having flashbacks as we go on to some of the events that happen, and that's what kind of leads to this whole thing. Does it really? No, absolutely not. And it could have been like several minutes shorter and not as stupid. Because I, I feel like they filmed a movie about D&D being bad and, and one person being psychotic playing D&D. Yeah. And then they added bits... To make it kind of more sinister somehow with this. Yeah, no, I mean, this has like a spooky's kind of feel. The puzzle guy. It's so disjointed. Yeah, everything. There's a lot of stuff that feels like we took a movie and then kind of juiced it up a little bit. And then we put a talent show in the middle of it. Oh, the talent show. 
Oh yeah, we'll get there. So um, we now meet Adam. Adam is, it's obviously clear he's the male offspring. Uh, he's the unborn child of the unborn child of the unborn child. All these unborn children are just playing this game. Uh, he's uh, Adam. Uh, he meets his friend Barbara, who this movie is really clumsy about dispensing mm. information. So I for a while thought that she was his sister. Well, first I thought maybe she's his girlfriend. No, she's his friend. No, okay, it's his sister. We later find out None of those things. She's like his coworker. She disappears like halfway through, right? Yeah. Because like, I couldn't. But she tell comes people, back. She, I couldn't she tell. Comes yeah. I really could not. I, like I had face blindness. No, I get it. I mean, again, the movie, the print that is on Tubi and on Hoopla is like so muddy. It's just <laughs> it's hard to see anything. Um, but yeah, Adam works at a costume shop that is owned by Barbara's father, Mister Sluzichik, and the sign out front <laughs> is Sluzichik's costume house and it's Sluzichik's costume house for a lot of consonants because there are like 50 consonants in that last name yes adam and barbara talk about a game that they've been playing and how that she had she says that she had a vision of of a dagger that they use in the game and adam adam's just acting weird he sees boys playing with like swords and homemade armor and he gets a little weird and, and we get the idea right away the game which ends up being this, without saying it's Dungeons and Dragons, right. it's it's a Dungeons and Dragons type of a game. His game, the game and the life are merging. The game is is kind of coming to life and manipulating the players of it a little bit. But yes, we go to the Slazenachuk <laughs> Costume House. There's an I mean, comedy bits in this movie. There's an old woman in a tutu. That's the bit. Comedy. That's bits. the bit. She's an old woman, and she's in a tutu, and she brags about having a boyfriend who is seventeen years younger than her. <laughs> so now we go to them actually playing the game. This is our first the game. They just call it the game. So there's Adam. There's Barbara. There's two other youths, and there's an older male kind of a dungeon master type of guy why is this guy like 30 years older than these kids who are playing it no idea I don't know. and one of the guys there is clark johnson clark johnson a absolutely. director and star of the wire and then the other guy is a guy who sexually harasses barbara at every chance yes. so it's nice to see some things don't change in gaming <laughs> gamers then gamers now it's the same picture gotta harass the chick man <laughs> So Adam plays as the warlock, and he gets really good roles. And then we start seeing, he's, again, he's seeing these visions. So we see the vision, uh, remember the spirit of evil that looks like a Jeff Dunham fucking puppet? Yeah. Oh, boy. Ah, it's the puppet. It's the evil puppet. I mean, really, though, with Jeff Dunham, is evil puppet, that's like redundant, right? It's just Jeff Dunham comedy. There's evil abound. <laughs> we see the man at the desk. This is never explained. But he's a man. He's sitting at a desk. You can't see his face. There's mm. smoke everywhere. He's sm he's smoking cigarettes. Everyone's smoking. And but there's, there's also just inexplicable smoke just behind him. There's a smoke him. machine behind him. His face. Yeah. Now this is the one face you were supposed to not see. It's in yeah. silhouette, and he's playing a puzzle <laughs> yes. on a velvet backdrop that has a frame around it, which is pretty expensive way to do puzzles. That, yeah, especially a puzzle that's like <laughs> nine pieces. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a pretty easy puzzle, man. <laughs> that's not too hard. Not too hard. So yeah, he's like, but it, boy, it takes him the whole fucking movie to put yes. it in, right? Because like, he's does. like, all right. He's, he had a puppet vision, first piece of the puzzle, right? So this is, you know, we have the dungeon master in the game, and I guess this is the dungeon master out of the game. Who knows? My God. Um, 
Trotterville Junior College Talent Show. Quirky, you tease it a little bit. You know, if you think that this 1980s Canadian horror movie, Skullduggery, that a third of this movie takes place at a junior college talent show, ding, 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 what did they win? Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. The entire first third of this movie takes place at a junior college talent show. It is weirder than all of the tap dancing that took place in Exorcist II, The Heretic. <laughs> like, remember all the tap dancing in Exorcist II? Yeah. And so, it's, it's another one of those things that we find in some of these movies where somebody's doing a show in front of an audience, and there's no audience. It's just yeah, right? in front of them, like, and there's just like the the sound of applause, raucous, roaring laughter. But that's just one person standing in front of a camera. Yeah, all of the male youth in this talent show, on stage and backstage, and the MC of the show. Uh, Never said a junior college. Assumably, it's a teacher or something like that. They are horny as fuck. They are 1980s horror movie horny. They are ready to rock. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they're they're harassing women, but saying things that are very uh, uh, homosexual. (laughs) Like, yeah, want to find out why my name's BJ? It's like, are you offering to suck her dick? I don't get what you. Yes. Let me. You want to watch me suck a, a Cadillac through a straw or something like that? It's a like, Greyhound bus. Yeah, even bigger. The student dresses a clown says, "Want to watch me suck a Greyhound bus through the straw?" Laughs and then high fives his friend. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, we did it." <laughs> yeah, I do actually want to see that. You can do that. that. Is rad. Do it. Do it. Oh boy. Yeah. There's just all sorts of just. There's just weird things happening. Everyone's just being weird. There's these sailors. There's these students who are dressed as sailors for the show putting lipstick on each other at the yeah. same time where they're yep. just like bruh, bruh, bruh. so there's just all these kind of blackout little bits and sketches and some of it's supposed to be like visions I guess but then some of it's supposed to be comedy bits it, it's just it's so fucking clumsy this is also where we first see uh, maybe it's the second time we see the tic-tac-toe man I, who I believe count. this is like the, the producer or writer of the film or something like that. What He's the some fuck kind of is pro- this bit? Like, what, what is it? To do with I know. Anything? It's just like, we already have the puzzle thing. Why do we need tic-tac-toe? But anyway, like, it, first time we see him, he just has one X. He has tic-tac-toe, you know, grid. And then he's got one X. And the next time we see him, he's got one O. Yeah. And then it just goes on like that the entire movie after something kind of happens in the film. But it's not called out. or It's just a guy walking with like a Hitchcockian cameo. Just, yeah, he just sidles right through. So we see this tic-tac-toe man. Um, there's a women's dressing room, which there's several people who try to perv by mm-hmm, s- mm-hmm. looking through the keyhole of the women's dressing room. Very porky's like. Um, so like one guy's like, hey, get out of here. And then he starts looking and then Simcoe the mission goes, comes in and is like, hey, get out of here. And then Simcoe does a bit where he just zaps some lady's clothes off, like zap yeah. Scott Bayo and zap. Right, yes. <laughs> Which impresses all the women. You would think that they're like, they're all like no, wow. this is literally what we didn't want you in here for. and But you did it. And we're like, okay, k- kudos. This is good. So Simcoe goes on stage and starts doing his act. But he has like literal powers. He, he made wind blow this woman's clothes no, off. No, yeah. He clearly has like powers. But he goes up on stage and just does an act. And it's just like a box routine. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I will quibble because it's done with edits. Anybody could be a magician if you have an editor. <laughs> it's not that impressive. But there's a great, like, what are these amazing, like, single shots in this movie where he's 
you know, puts he puts like a rope in in the uh, box mm-hmm. and then turns it and then he opens it and there's a snake in there and then we see a close up of this big fat guy like biting his fist Dom DeLuise style <laughs> like one of those like that guy does not come back for the entire film uh, but it gets weirder remember we're still at the talent show yes and we'll be here for a little while yeah so now there's a medieval love story. There's a woman who is the, the the lead actress in this medieval love story, which is like a very anachronistic medieval love story yeah. because she says the line, oh, shucks, my beloved. I, I wrote that in capital letters. <laughs> and she has a very, you're almost like, wow, do I know who this person is? But you don't. She just sounds a lot like Shelley Duvall. She mm-hmm. has a very Shelley Duvall uh, kind of voice. It's just very um, notable. She was the one lamenting Meryl Streep, right? She's like, Meryl Streep yes. doesn't have half of what I got. <laughs> <laughs> so adam's kind of wandering around he's there because of the costume shop he's costuming all these goods for the yes, talent show right but barbara's there too barbara's, barbara's there, there too yeah. she's getting hit on by clowns and, and magicians and things mm-hmm. um, but adam gets enlisted somebody's disappeared so he needs to put on a costume and go on stage which they dress him again some medieval love story so they dress him like a knight so the play plays out seemingly in real time because god this movie is endless um and then adam goes backstage and he sees the magician simcoe the magician and simcoe seems to do kind of mesmerizes him a little bit and adam just seems to kind of snap because he starts the actress who was playing the lead in the medieval love story he follows her he just starts following her and he twice actually tries to kill her but both uh, one time he follows her in a door and and tries to stab her, but she's not there. And then he sees her and then tries to stab her, but it's a mirror. So what it, what is any of this stuff? I don't know. But let's go back on stage for the Italian exchange student. That's <laughs> what she's it? introduced. Gina, what is, she's Italian also introduced ex- as like, how could these uh, yeah. how could these people uh, Italians make cars that are so small and women that are so large? This is the MC at a junior yeah. college and he's talent legit show in his fifties. Yes, and he is just drooling over this Italian exchange student. It's a junior college. What? Who's exchanging here? What? <laughs> like, does everybody know Gina, the Italian exchange student at a junior college? <laughs> And this is another one of those bits where it's supposed to be like, this is where they think the comedy comes in. She's about to go out and do her thing. And some guy from the wings starts singing a beautiful Italian tenor. And it's like, but that to them is hilarious that she got interrupted and has to cut this guy off by singing. Yeah. They set up this, this cardboard cutout of a building and then they have to stop and adjust it to be leaning. And that's like, that's the comedy bits. Great bits. Great. Yeah, great fucking bits. So here's another great bit. The rubbing oil scene. This just makes what no fucking... So the lead actress is now just lying down. Mm-hmm. Lying face down. Well, we don't see this right now. We just hear her say, can you rub some oil on... Or no, she just says, she's can someone bikini. rub some oil on me? And then we yeah. find that she's lying face down in her bikini. Which, why? A long tracking shot up her legs. Yeah. And then... it. And then all of a sudden, it's just Adam as the knight above her, and he starts to rub oil on her. Like, there was supposed to be a thing where he's closing in on her, but why is she just laying there in her bikini, why? relaxing? Like, I do shows. In between my appearances on stage, I don't just go take off all my clothes, lay down, and be like, somebody rub me down before I go back out. That's the thing. It's like, she lay down. 
and then was like, someone rub oil. Like, and I'm not going to look. No. I'm not looking at who's going to rub oil. I got to put my clothes on, but I really want oil underneath my clothes. I need oil to, to play Eve from Adam and Eve. That's what she does next. But yeah, um, we see this hand come in and rubbing on her and rubbing on her. And then another girl walks in and says, get the hell out of here, you lecherous creep. She just starts screaming and reaming at him. The actress who is laying face down has no reaction to None. this. Like, she doesn't even, like, twitch. Like, oh, yep. who the fuck was just rubbing me? Like, who the fuck was yep. doing that? She has no reaction whatsoever. And Adam, and like, who has decided he's going to murder this woman, yeah, does not instead murder her and this other woman. He just was like, yep, you got me. I'll Oops. leave. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. So he heads out. And then she's like, what was that? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that was three minutes of your life you'll never get back. Yeah. Oh, it's a running theme in this movie. Uh so the same actress now goes on stage and she, again, she's playing Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's, uh, again, this, this movie has these like little games within games and references within references and they do show up sometimes. And it's sort of like, um, this is the dumbest version ever of that, right? Mm-hmm. But here it is. Okay, so she's playing Eve. Remember our hero was named Adam. Remember an apple was heavily involved in the murder of the king and now there's an apple on stage and she's talking to a snake Adam is in the wings. He says the incantation, the to the devil, whatever, the devil incantation. And then sees this snake, like, kind of come to life, this puppet snake come to life, and then wrap up uh, the actress and then kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, later, though, he's talking to Barbara, and she says, wow, I can't believe it. She had a heart attack on stage, and I, I, I didn't help her. And Adam's like, I saw it as a snake. And Barbara's like, that doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> <laughs> she has no reaction to that. It's like, oh, oh, from my point of view, a snake came to life and just wrapped her up and killed her. It's like, oh, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Keep working at my dad's costume shop. Speaking of which, characters walk into this costume shop. There's sure. a lot of lot of bits come out of the costume shop. So we get fat bowlers. And they want, get this, bunny costumes. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, we don't have bunny costumes that'll fit you. So like, that's what he says. Like, I don't think we have bunny costumes. They're like, we'll squeeze in anything because they're fat, remember, and they're bowlers. But later on, you see them, and like, the dude is wearing a gigantic bunny costume. Yeah. Like, they really just tried to like, like, we do not want to serve fat people at this <laughs> exactly. establishment, sir. Like, get the fuck out. That's one of the underlying themes of the Stuza Chick costume empire. He just he does <laughs> body shaming. Know. Yes, <laughs> that's why he makes went into costumes. He wants everybody to hide. Um, Barbara suggests Adam go to a psychologist. Sound advice. Yes. Sound advice. But it, she's like, no, I don't trust psychologists. They're full of shit. She's like, she's like, okay, how about a palm reader? How about a fortune teller? And he's like, oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's it. It's the, the 1980s Canada version of doing your own research on the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he goes to this palm reader and the palm reader knows stuff about him instantly. And she tells him your life is a puzzle. Only the devil can solve. At which point he stabs her. Mm -hmm. Boom. She's dead. There's also this bit right after he stabs her where he hears a voice say, put your hands up, do all this kind of stuff. And then he realized, Oh, it's a, on the TV. It's a TV cop. I will say though, uh, he got out of pain for the fortune teller. 
I mean, pretty smart. He got his fortune. <laughs> you get I'm your a, fortune, okay. man. I'm a puzzle only the devil can solve. Boom! Boom. You did. Yeah. Save myself that, that thirty nine dollars. <laughs> so back to the game. So we're back to playing the game. This movie just jumps around without any kind of, yep. there's nothing like segueing or leading in anything else. Just boom, we're playing the game again. So the dungeon master gives them a mission. The mission is kill the sorceress dressed in white. Adam, of course, he's losing his grip on sanity. So he takes this literally and he follows a nurse dressed all in white, remember, into the hospital where Barbara works. Now, this hospital, I was looking at it and it was like, oh, this is a very Kubrickian type hospital. Right. Because of the stark colors and the Mm -hmm. sterile kind of environment, except it's Kubrickian without like concepts of filmmaking and an eye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I can't even explain exactly what's happening here. There's a really weird scene where this woman who's being followed comes in and has a really long conversation with the desk nurse Mm -hmm. about what her plans are for that day. She's like, I'm only coming in for one hour. And later we find, well, what does she do with her one hour? She fucks the doctor, right? Because we hear people (laughs) fucking behind this thing. As it turns out, the doctor is a man in an ape costume. <laughs> Why? What? It's a good gig if you can get it. <laughs> what the, the Canadian And all he does system. is going around fucking people. The Canadian healthcare system is a mess. It, people really, say they want right? single payer like Canada, but no, you don't want yeah, this. This is where it gets you. Do you want yes. your uh, primary care physician in a, a ape costume fucking your nurse? I mean, if so, great, fine. Uh, she turns on the radio after uh, the coitus. And of course, instantly tuned to relevant news to this movie. News about the two deaths, um, the palm reader and the actress. Both were deemed to be due to heart failure. So it seems like heart failure, even though Adam saw them as as, uh, brutal murders. Adam now keeps following this woman around. He's, He's still following her. She starts getting scared. He is now dressed as a doctor, and she runs up and says, oh my God, doctor, and he kills her. Boom. Uh, doctors swarm on her. It's a hospital, after all. And they're like, oh my God, heart attack. So another uh, murder uh, characterized as a heart attack. We get another appearance by the tic-tac-toe guy. We flash back to the man in the room. Another puzzle piece is placed on the board. It just, I mean, it's on and on and on like this. You know what I mean? Like the tic-tac-toe guy, the the reason I, I ended up starting to like him was that like he marked like, when is this movie going to be over? <laughs> he's got only got nine things he can fill. So once you see like five or six, you're like, oh boy, oh yeah, boy, where where you are the downward slope? About this time, you're starting to see that okay, it's going to be a cat's game. You're like <laughs> there's no winner in this. <laughs> exactly. So Adam is now leaving the scene, um, and he slips and falls like on just the largest slick part of the hospital floor. Somebody's mopping the floor and he just falls right right down on it. Uh, and another nurse comes in and picks him up. She says, turn around and show me your ass. And yeah. that is not her most aggressive come on. Nope. She Only is... <laughs> slightly less aggressive than the nurse from American Werewolf in London. Like she... <laughs> I'm going to care for you. I'm going to just ride you till the cows come home, get out of those clothes, get back to my house. 
Yeah, she she does. She takes him right back to her place. Um, I was calling her Nurse Nighty because the next time you see her, she's just <laughs> in fucking nighty. Yes, she's like, I'm ironing your clothes. Might as well iron my clothes too. So she <laughs> takes off her nurse outfit. Um, so she's very makes a very aggressive come on. He shoots her down. He seems very nervous around her. And she says, "Are you gay?" Um, he's like, "No, I'm just nervous." He no, he says it like this. He goes in this delivery. No, I'm not gay. <laughs> just felt uncomfortable. <laughs> she should have ran from her own apartment. No, that everything. I mean, she does actually. Bad. She she ends she, up eventually. She, <laughs> literally. But yeah, she starts doing a mommy thing. Oh, mommy's little baby. You know, she starts kind of mommying him and he starts to get into it a little bit because he's a creep. Um, but suddenly he has a flashback, another one of these Canterbury Tales flashbacks, and he starts to attack her. Well, Quirky. she says, she's like, I'm going to show you my enormous skills. And then we have a voiceover <laughs> because they needed the voiceover oh, that's to remind right. you that this was the tie-in to the white sorceress. Yes. But the voiceover says she will show you her enormous powers. Like they couldn't even get the dialogue Whoops, correct. Damn it. We got it wrong. <laughs> Fuck it. We, we got to keep it. It's all right. We have only so much real to real. What the fuck was this chasing? This well, chasing was bonkers on top of bonkers. What I liked was that it started with your obligatory scythe on a wall. Like he just sure. walks by a wall, picks up, because she has various cutlery just plastered to a wall. All sorts of implements of torture. Just, <laughs> just This is my torture wall. And he just grabs a scythe and then chases her through the foggy streets of Canada yep. to a church where Liberace is playing inside. Yes, nearby church, which is locked. So she starts banging on the doors and windows, and we see that she's being drowned out by this Liberace-style <laughs> pianist. Like, and he has one shot. This is a one shot. He's yeah. just playing the fucking organ and like turns to the camera and gives a big toothy grin. I mean, this is oh god, my god. Yeah, it 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 has this feel of like okay, this this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare come to life, right? Because you're running from somebody and you go to something like a church, which should always be open, and then suddenly, oh my god, the church is locked, and then she, they run through a graveyard. Um, there's this funeral that they come across, which sure. is very bizarre. Everyone's just sort of staring yeah. at Adam. There's a really long uh, shot where they track over everybody at this funeral, like seven or eight faces, and they're all just impassively staring at Adam. Which seems really disrespectful to do in the middle of a Liberace concert. Right? I mean, fucking <laughs> give the man his due. Sure, sure. Everybody who would go to a Liberace concert was probably soon to be at a funeral, but I don't think it's fair to do it during a show. He ju- he doesn't usually play venues that small. It's a <laughs> real fun opportunity. That's like Bruce Springsteen <laughs> playing a small club. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm gonna play this Canadian church. I just I, I'm now I'm imagining that when they bring out Liberace to perform at the church, like he fucking rolls out in the uh, uh, the Packer. No, what does he what does he roll out in the Rolls Royce? He rolls out in the Rolls Royce in the middle of the church. <laughs> but this movie also can't <laughs> any attempt at like a nightmarish sort of mm-hmm. a feel to it is immediately undermined because they start doing comedy bits right mm-hmm. so they run this old woman is kneeling in front of a grave like arranging flowers in front of a grave they both run right across it at which point she says something about like what do you think this is a rolling stone concert and then calls them stupid assholes that's the joke. She's an old woman saying, stupid asshole. And then the tag on the joke is the priest catches her and then gives her a uh, one of these blessings. Oh, yeah. Good good bit. Good uh, bit. But Adam finally catches up to the nurse and stabs her and she's dead. 
So back at the game, we're back to the game now, and he is now just really weirding out. He's totally like possessed. Acting wise, there's no real difference between what was happening earlier and what's happening yeah. now. You know, the performance is that bad. But he's totally possessed now. He offers proof yeah. that he has done the deed. Everybody's pretty casual with him pulling bloody clothes out of his pocket. No, they're they're minor. They're like, hey, come on, hey, dude. No, you know we're we're here. We're trying to have a good time, but so, <laughs> they're not really that bothered that he just said that he murdered someone. When they were playing the game, the game only consists of the the guy giving him that mission, and then the game breaks up. Or do they all sit there while Alan goes out kills this woman over a couple? I know because nobody else does anything in this yeah. game. The other players just react to Adam. You know they don't ever <laughs> do anything. And as we said, one of the players here is Clark Johnson, who, if you've seen Homicide Life on the Street, he was one of the cops. The Wire, season six, he was the newspaper editor. So you would you would probably know this guy uh, if you saw him. I did not recognize him. I, I recognized the, the name Clark Johnson in the credits, uh, but then I was like, oh my God. I saw his face and I'm like, who is that? Who is that? And then I put it together. Fun fact, because I did some Clark Johnson research today. Drafted by the Toronto Argonauts, but never played in the CFL. Isn't that fun? Yeah. That's just that's fun just, information just fun about, <laughs> about character actor slash TV director Clark Johnson. Uh, all right, let's get back to the movie. Oh, God. Uh, so a beautiful woman now comes into the shop. Bits in the shop. We love very bits theatrical. In the shop. Yes, she's very theatrical. She talks about how she's going to a costume party, and she says, I want this kind of costume. And she's like, oh, you want a medieval costume? Like, this guy's fucking obsessed with the medieval. Oh, my God. Like, move some of the other merchandise. The medieval is selling. Fine. Aye. Um, so he's like, oh, she puts on her medieval costume. He's like, I'm going to go in the back. Be right back. And then he comes out in a bunny costume <laughs> and stabs her. <laughs> That's it. And takes her, par- her her ticket to the costume party. Back to the game now. Another <laughs> game. The, the game is ratcheting up. Another mission, which Adam, of course, thinks this mission is tied to the costume party. And they even say in the game the password is skullduggery. And when he goes to the party... There's some very aggressive bouncers at the door, at the door, uh, and he gives them the password "Skullduggery," and that's it. That's when the party. We were back, when we were back at the game, the first line of dialogue is, "Barbara, you still got that rash?" It <laughs> 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 just. <laughs> that was Barbara's whole point in the game was just, just to get a rash and have everybody talk about it. Get a rash. Oh my god! So at this party. It's a crazy party. People are actually dancing to the crazy theme song from uh, the opening credits. Skullduggery. Um, This party is also full of bits. Comedy bits at the party. There's a woman standing between two men who laments, I'm the only virgin at this party, but men are afraid of innocence. I don't. I mean, what? I don't know. It's just like this. All these one-off type bits. There's also a bit where she talks to these guys and she says that they must be the Brooks brothers. I, I didn't. I didn't. Well, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get well, it. I don't know. I don't know. They're, they do the thing. There's sight gags. So these two guys are having a conversation, and this very large-breasted woman is standing behind them. So their faces are at her boob level, yes, and she just kind yeah. of turns side to side while each one of them talks. Yeah. I was calling this party eyes wide shit. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently the host of this party is a masked man. I did not know this until reading about the movie, but apparently he's actually named Dr. Evil. (laughs) 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 That's the name of this character. And remember Mike Myers grew up in Canada. So God only knows. 
But that was a, like a lampoon of like the most corniest name of yes. uh, of a bad guy. This movie did it for serious. There's like, whoa, he's Doctor Evil. <laughs> he's got his professor. But wait, is he Doctor Evil or does he have a doctorate in evil? That's Can you the thing. P- clarify. So he, Doctor Evil, introduces Adam to a girl on skates. That's all this guy does is just procure women for him. Yeah, hands her an apple. To Adam takes her into the kitchen, hears some voices, boom, hatchet. Butchers are up in the kitchen. Puts chef's hat on. Puts a chef's hat on, smokes a cigarette, and starts chopping her up while this weirdly chipper la 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 yeah. music plays. Follow the path of this movie. We started in Canterbury, England in the 14th century. <laughs> we went to a costume party or a costume yep. uh, factory. Then we were at a, a junior college talent show. We we were at a D and D game. We we're mm-hmm. at a hospital. We're in some guy's room, his his games parlor, where he's putting a puzzle together. Um, th- then we're at the church. This movie's so fucking all over the place. Yeah, it, it just nothing logically follows no. from, but also nothing illogically follows. That's the weird thing. It's like you can make this moot type of a movie where you're just fucking with the head of the audience, right? What's real? What's not real? We've seen that happen a lot of times, mm-hmm. but like this movie is just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Again, it just feels like the movie is just making shit up off the top of its head. Why is it in this pl- here now? Why is it there? Why is Adam dressed like this and not dressed like, I don't know. I don't know. But this party gets even weirder. It gets even weirder. Don't you worry. We see a ballerina dancing at the party. Some people here smell smoke. So they go to the kitchen and find roller skates in the oven. You expect they're going to find the girl cooking in the oven, but it's just some roller skates. Adam is now in a Harlequin costume. Yep. And Dr. Evil, the ballerina who is just performing, is led over. See, this fucking party is also like a a talent show as well because everybody's performing Mm -hmm. at this party. So Dr. Evil leads the ballerina over to him and is like, there you go. There's another one. And so she takes him into another room. She's like, oh, you're going to believe in some powers. And Adam goes, I only believe in what I see. Uh, yeah. Dude, you went to a fucking tarot reader earlier. <laughs> so she says, join us. And she wants Adam to drink blood. So he's like, yeah, okay, I'll drink the blood later. And then he <laughs> kills her. He kills her. Again, this is just what's real, what's not real, and who cares? He blasts her in the face with hot gas, and then suddenly he's just left holding a skull. Just a skull. <laughs> Nothing else. The rest of her body is disintegrated. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Why? Some, the doormen. Remember the, the aggressive doormen from earlier uh, in this party? They now just decide, let's rape this Hawaiian girl. Yep. <laughs> There's like a hula dancer there. So they're like, cool, let's rape her. Adam... Now in knight's armor. This is his third costume. to her rescue. But not quite because he stabs all three of them. Yes. In one move. He just goes, ah, and they all three go down. She is murdered for having the temerity to be assaulted by two men. (laughs) We get to this point. This is where I was like, what even literally in the fucking universe is even happening right now? Dial a guffaw phone line. (laughs) <laughs> there's just two party goes and they're just like on the phone and then you just hear dial a guffaw phone line and they, there's a joke which is a non-joke it's absolutely a non-joke uh-huh. it's something like what do you call someone who can't read in two languages 
a bilingual illiterate. That's the joke. I don't know. Dialogue of I don't know if it's worth uh, $70 a minute. I don't know. Adam. Back to Adam. So he's already killed a whole bunch of people. Now he's dressed as a skeleton. He's now dressed as a skeleton. And he overhears a woman at the party and sees her put a razor blade in an apple because she says that trick-or-treaters interrupted her having sex with her boyfriend. She That's... says, we had coitus interruptus 15 times. 15? That's 15? on you. I swear to God, you going to fuck on Halloween? Great, but do it after trick-or-treat hours. There's only like a no. two-hour window of trick-or-treat hours in, in, in October. After 31st. the first trick-or-treater, did you not realize what was happening? 14 more times. <laughs> like, they're just like, wait. I don't know. That could be my doctor. Wait two hours. <laughs> so Adam holds a knife to her throat and kind of takes away. While we hear a voice say something about the master and everyone at the party is kind of like uh, frozen, Adam leads her away but with a knife to her throat. But she's, she's able to get away. She runs away. This makes no, none of this no, making any fucking no. goddamn sense. They're just, we're in a random location now. He's pursuing her through all these uh, hallways. Um. Boy, any any anything where it needed to be like just the language of cinema on its own, you know what I mean? Just editing and angles and screen direction and things like that, like where someone's pursuing someone else. Brutal. Yes. Brutal. That is not a language that Oda Richter speaks. I don't know <laughs> what Oda Richter is doing here. Um, but yeah, he's pursuing her. The other finally she's found and the other by the other part goes and Dr. Evil. And they find her alive, but in shock. And this is where Dr. Evil says the line about taking her upstairs and giving her some whiskey. And that's why this delicious cocktail uh, is possible. Gotcha. Next performer at this party of the damned, the warlock. I don't know. Whatever. Stuff's happening. Uh, There's a symbol that is supposed to tie to something. We see the puppet again. We see a crucifix. Now, and people, the people at the party are seemingly turning towards the side of the crucifix and away from the side of the evil puppet. Um, one of the partygoers pantomimes shooting an arrow at the puppet, at which point the puppet starts like bleeding from its mouth from the invisible arrow. We also see a woman stuffed in a fish tank, and at this point. Shirtless black man in a sailor's hat says, enough's enough. (laughs) Enough's enough. Picks up the phone and says, give me the police. Who's he telling that to? (laughs) He doesn't dial anything. He's just like, give me the police. Like, what? I I wrote Meanwhile in another movie because, like, what? Where did this this guy come from? (laughs) So after the guy picks up the phone and, and says, give me the police, we see the man in the room lays down the final piece of the puzzle. He gets up and he leaves his desk. So now the cops are on the scene. They're, of course, this movie's hilarious. They're bumbling. Uh-huh. Mm. Bumbling cops. No, they can't do anything. They're they're big dummies. Uh, we also see Tic-Tac-Toe Guy. Looks like his grid is uh, just about filled. This game's over. Thank God this movie's almost over. Um, Dr. Evil takes off his mask and gives up Adam to the police like okay obviously it's this guy adams he's at simichek's costume shop go down to second checks so the cops come to the costume shop for adam there's 
this kind of cat and mouse pursuit, which again, anytime it's, it's cat just, and mouse, meaning it no. has no concept of movies <laughs> like how cats and mice wouldn't understand what filmmaking is. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, then it's a cat and mouse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, like, like I said, anytime it's just the visuals have to do all the work of knowing where people are and what they're doing and why they're doing it and making it interesting and tense. No, Oda Richter, she's not your girl. Um, so yes, they, they're pursuing him through these racks of clothes. There is a crazy jazzy music that is now playing. Yeah. Crazy music is this movie's MO. Finally, several cops are killed. They finally corner Adam. He's wearing his armor. They shoot him down. Boom, 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 boom. Then they get momentarily distracted by a vision of the puppet hanging in the door window. Puppet goes away. They're like, oh, wait, whoa, we just shot this guy. They take off the armor, and what do they find inside? The fucking puppet. Mm. It's the puppet inside the armor. Oh, my God. Wow. All right, so now we go back to the game. The dungeon master's there. He places the empty suit of armor that I guess he got from the police evidence locker. Yeah, how did he get this? Puts it in Adam's seat at the game and says, this is his final honor. And they put the dice in the hand and they're like, we're going to let you roll. So they let him roll. But the armored hand comes to life, grabs the dungeon master, stabs him, he falls down dead, and who is it? Dr. Evil. Crazy music plays the end. Get out. Yep. That's it. That's your movie. It's just a series of nonsensical things happening in the most uncompelling manner possible. That is a perfect summation. Quirky, <laughs> any final thoughts before we wrap it up and give our ratings? No. Nothing. I've no final thoughts. All right. I don't have thoughts either. Just remind everybody about our rating system. Run of the mill bad. It's a dare. Next level bad. It is a double dare. And a movie we actually like is a reverse dare. Quirky, what do you got for Skullduggery? Uh, this is a double dare. Like you said earlier, I can appreciate sheer what the fuckness because that can be fun. But this movie so incompetently made, which is a weird kind of comment to say about sheer what the fuckness. It's so incompetently made that you can't enjoy the sheer what the fuckness. Uh, there's there's nothing to tie and grasp in. It's just a series of random events happening. Uh, I'm, I'm positive some of that was filmed later and they tried to throw it in to fuck with you even more. But it doesn't make it any better at all. Ironically, watching people play D&D for an hour and a half would be way more entertaining than watching this movie. Uh, double dare. Do not waste your time. Don't waste your time. Absolutely not. I gotta say, just on the sheer what the fuckness alone, I'm gonna give it a, the softest of dares. Softest mm. of dares, which means it's still bad. Um, but I guess I just thought it was more interesting in its badness than your your most bad uh, movies. So I'm gonna give it a soft, soft, pillow soft, feathery dare. That is all we have for you on this culmination of our fourth annual Scare Daniel review of horror movies, although this movie does not count and qualify in that. Not really. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares, and I think I think we're rolling into our next big time month in two weeks, right? Trouble Timber. Hey. And not only are we kicking off our, I believe this is our third annual Trouble mm-hmm. Timber, Next episode, Quirky, will be episode number 100. We're hitting triple digits. Amazing. 100th 
episode, and we've got something very special planned. Mm-hmm. I won't give it away now. I'm going to leave you on, on pins and needles and tenter hooks and what have you. I'm going to pull implements of destruction off of my, my torture, off the wall. torture wall. <laughs> but trust me, you are not going to want to miss it. Longtime fans of the show, you're going to just love it. The newbies are going to love it. Everyone in the middle is going to love it. If you haven't heard of us ever, you're going to love it. Everyone's going to love it. Good sell, Dan. That is good. Well, I you tried. had me, and I, and I know what's coming. <laughs> Until then... However, keep sending us your most sadistic mm-hmm. or altruistic movie dares. Remember, they are our food. We're starving. Uh, send them to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Those are collectively known as the time-saving device called Schmied. Like and rate us on all of your favorite podcast apps. Every single one. I'm checking. I can see you. I can see you. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Corky. Yes. You skullduggerous son of a bitch. What are you up to out there? Well, I'm temping right now at Stuza Chick's costume sure. home for Good Oddly gig. Place Costumes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of bits to do around there. You just- I'm sure. To, yeah. Bunny um, costumes. It's The weirdest people show up, though. Tutus. I mean, the place is a magnet. <laughs> but yeah, me and my girlfriend, uh, the 93-year-old ballerina, we're going to, yeah. we, you know- we we have some fun there, sure. Uh, but after that, just catch me doing my one man Liberace show at <laughs> local church. <laughs> Trust me, it is worth the price of admission if there is one. If not, yeah, it's church, so there's definitely a price. Yeah, a heavy price, a toll even. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, uh, oh, shucks, my, my beloved. <laughs> All right. Ya. Bye-bye. See you next week for 100.